0: Those of you that listen to Video Namaste will know the format. Myself, Richie and my two friends Danny and Finley, take a theme and then choose three films connected to that theme and then talk about them. But before Finley walked into and brightened up the lives of myself and Danny, we ran a short-lived movie podcast called The Films. Every episode of The Films was a rundown of the year's movies. This episode, recorded in March 2013, was to be the first episode of the films to run with the three-film format we ended up using for Video Namaste. Anyway, we recorded it and it sat in my hard drive until it was too embarrassing to put out. Cut to 2016, Owen O'Donnell discovers the existence of this lost podcast and offers to edit it. So thanks to Owen, you get to hear this one-off episode of a now-defunct podcast. Please enjoy. Alright, that's when It just means it's accessing the cared. The yes, it's just modern cameras these days, they're on the kids. <laughs> no tapes, just kids. Where do you fit your tape there, <laughs> son? Where's your tape go? No, on the tapes, on the kids. On the kids? Yeah, we're on, on the kids now. <laughs> You're recording that on your fucking
1: visa? Is that what these chip pins off for? <laughs> recording your podcasts?
0: And uh, welcome to the films uh, part two. Film films podcast part two. Well, Epso- it's, this, e- it's this part two. Or is this the first like official
1: two. one episode two. Sorry.
0: Aye, because the last episode we did two, we did two parts for one episode. Aye. And we talked all night. This is only going to be one. One. Part. Yep. One part. We're not going to be reviewing the whole um, year in film. Aye. Um, so this this is basically where the the podcast takes its hopefully final form, mm-hmm. um, where we talk about. Um, we basically we pick a theme mm-hmm. and then we choose three films from that theme that link to that theme and then we talk about those three films
1: yep absolutely that's <laughs> well explained <laughs> that's what
0: we do <laughs> that is what we do um,
1: and uh, um, we're hoping that um, this does in fact take form like that delicious lady in weird science with what I imagine to be the hairiest of nans <laughs> 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 it's like macy gray in a thigh lock <laughs> <laughs> or Leo Sayer. <laughs> He's just in there going, Help me now. <laughs> She's just like, shut the fuck up, I'm being sexy. <laughs> McCarthy's like, this is this is as good as it gets. <laughs> is it McCarthy that's in that? I don't know. Man. Oh no, I might be getting mixed up with Mannequin. Mannequin's James Spader. No, it? it's Andrew McCarthy, isn't it? You know what, we're not going to Google this let's just leave that hanging <laughs> and see which one is is a turd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Till we're done. Um, right.
1: right, so um, uh, this... But,
0: aye, so us two masters of communication, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just... We're, uh, we don't have a table in between us. Usually hmm. when we podcast, there's a table... <laughs> <laughs> we're just sitting staring at each other Playing footsie play eh? Two leather chairs <laughs> So there'll be a lot of sort of farty leather noises It's no farts No. Nah. Well there, there, There'll <laughs> probably be a few nah, There was, carb- there car- was carbonara, carbonara. Car-
1: carbonara. <laughs> Not a really good carbonara go on the go there
0: For our dinner Right,
1: <laughs> right so uh, This uh, this episode we're going to be discussing um, Directors who work out of canon uh,
0: of their usual style. Aye, we haven't actually thought about how we phrase this one. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about films that are maybe a departure from the director's standard style. The, the three films we picked um, were... Did he tell them? No. Let it be a surprise. Oh, we be, it'd be a surprise? Aye. All right, okay. Well, although it's going to be in the description.
1: Ah, it's going to be in the... Fucking... <laughs> 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 right,
0: this week's episode,
1: we talk... In fact, no, what we do is... Uh, In the episode description, we say that we're going to discuss
0: ghost, ghost, uh, and um, ghost. Um, Aye, so I mean, we we did spend a bit of time trying to figure out what to talk about in this episode, because obviously, um, we kind of threw the theme out there and went, aye, that'll do. And then we went, right, oh, shite, what what films
1: does that cover? (laughs) But I think um, I think the fact that we had to totally think on our toes um, uh, gave us an interesting selection because,
0: Christ, you know, <laughs> there's no way I would have watched these three films <laughs> outside of oh no no well one, them, well one of them well one of them aye yeah. aye but the other two no no <laughs> absolutely no so let's uh, shall we start with probably the best one aye. on the list aye and that is. Uh, Hitchcock's The Trouble with Harry. Yes. Pierce Brosnan, like you've never seen him before. Which um, is uh, Hitchcock going for a bit of comedy. Mm-hmm. and kind of, kind of going for an anti-Hitchcock vibe, actually. He's kind of, um, at this point, when was the film made? It was 55. 55. Oh no, 54. So at this point, he's uh, really established himself as a sort of thriller, horror... Sort of director, maybe not horror, but thriller. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, um, yeah, it it kind of come in his own title, mm-hmm. um, of the master of suspense. By this point, he was in his kind of his prime era. Aye. You know, when he was kind of working on the likes of, um, well, it was made between uh, To Catch a Thief, A Thief, and the Man Who Knew Too Much. Aye. And so, like, to kind of uh, subvert for, from like, his usual what style was doing. quite daring. Yeah, because I, d- I don't think that was quite a common practice at that point in time. No, I wouldn't have said so. I imagine it would have been a nightmare for the studios as yeah. well. Like, uh. how how did they deal with that? Not, you know with no frame of reference to go by or anything. <laughs> so,
0: aye. I mean, it, it's it's interesting because it's um, uh-huh. but essentially the story the story of the film is that um there's a man out walking, one day and he's he's out hunting. And um, he comes across a dead body, and assumes that he's shot this man by accident. But the funny thing is, is that he's so sort of, um, kind of blasé about it. He's like, "Oh dear," like you know, like he's just broken his neighbour's window or something. <laughs> you know, he's just like, "Oh dear, I accidentally oh shot dear, a man." Oh dear, I've
1: shot a man in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a terrible mischief I've given him <laughs> so he decides that um better you know rather than telling anyone he's going to sort of bury the body mm-hmm. and um while while he's uh as he's about to do this um people start approaching and coming across the body, so he has to sort of nip behind a tree and wait for. Things
1: to quiet
0: down. I'm going to bury this body, but I'm absolutely busting. My back teeth are floating, mate. He's talking to the body. <laughs> like, you'll be all right, Napoleon. Ho ho! Uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, he discovers that he's the, 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 the corpse's name is Harry and um, he disappears behind this tree as the first person comes up approaches the body. And again, this is the, the sort of the start of the film, starting to play with your expectations. And the first person that comes up... So there's a, there's a tramp that comes up, and he finds the body and looks at the body. But instead of doing anything about it, he steals the guy's shoes. And he's all with yourself <laughs> as well. And then buggers off. Uh. And then uh, a man comes up, the doctor, reading a, a book. And he trips over the body, gets up and wanders off without even noticing that there's a dead body there. And then it's like um, a wee boy brings his mum up. We are, this Aye. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sort of the, the, the female lead of the film. She comes up and... Um, uh,
1: Shirley MacLaine, her Shirley. first film as well. Oh, is it? Right, yeah, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. And um, instead of being in any way shocked about it, she's absolutely delighted that this man, Harry, has died and then they bugger off. Oh, and then um, the other lead female character in the film.
1: Oh, yeah. used to be squeeze. Aye. Aye, old Helen. Food in the road. Old Helen. Old Helen. Old okay. Helen. Hello. <laughs> How are you? And he starts getting all, he starts getting all smooth with her as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And then at one point, this is uh, kind of like an interesting scene of the times. At one point, they're chatting away to each other. And because, like, I, I get this whenever I watch uh, a film that was made, like, even 80s and prior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm very conscious of uh, the, you know, the, the, the time in which the film set and yeah. you know and how they're re- reacting and things like that and it's like from especially from films between like the say the '30s and '60s Aye. and everyone is either speaking in Queen's English or the, the president's English, <laughs> you know, um, and. and And everything's very fine and polite, and but but, you know, and Hitchcock knows as well that the audience needs to know that there's a body at the floor while these two are getting fresh, Um, and this couple were just like, you know, getting it on, (laughs) just (laughs) hooking up, and he's like, and she at one point she invites him back for some fucking jam,
0: blueberry muffins.
1: (laughs) Come back to mine for some jam, (laughs) (laughs) and he's like, oh, he gets a wee old man stoner. Um, but, like, you know, if that were to happen in a... I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen in a movie now and they just, you know, but not on purpose. Yeah. You know, they would just completely forget, oh, fuck, there's a dead body here. Yeah. You know, here's Shia LaBeouf <laughs> and Megan Fox about a winch um, <laughs> next to four million corpses and a oh, giant yeah. robot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, it definitely... Um, I think a lot of the humour is derived from how everyone just is around this dead body and how... Yeah. I mean, they, they pay... I think they take very great cares to... Um, not to humanise the dead body too much, like mm. you never see his face. Yeah, um, apart from in painting form. Except in painting form, yeah, exactly. But, um, <coughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of interesting because yeah, you know, you're right. It's um, you've got when the woman meets the old guy that thinks he shot the guy. They both have a conversation and, and it gets kind of uh, flirty, and she's like, "Oh, why don't you come back t- <laughs> once you've dealt with this corpse? Why don't you come come ruin mine for a cup of tea and a." A muffin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Well, that's the thing. and That was something else we were talking about in terms of uh, how they dealt with a lot of the sexual undertones of, the, of the film. And because, like, you know, in order to kind of step round um, the well, criteria is, yeah, for censorship, this they is had the thing.
0: Like, you obviously you used to see films like this when you were a kid, and you missed all of this. And it's yeah. only when you return to like older cinema as an adult that you sort of start to pick up how they communicate sex. Mm-hmm and it's really subtle, but it's actually quite... It's all there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even subtle. Well, no, I just said it was subtle, but, I mean, it's like, for anyone paying attention, it's quite blatant. It's just they never actually say it. Yeah. But there's a, the film's full of these amazing little lines, and it, and it kind of... more so than you would normally get at that time. Yeah, As, al- as if it's almost, again... Maybe we're looking too far into it, but maybe it is if it's almost a play on that idea as well. I think it plays on a lot of
1: expectations. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's the whole. I think that was the whole agenda of the film. But um, like, we're we're kind of de- we're deviating from what you were saying yeah, yeah, about the, the, the storyline. But I think uh, I think that's all that needs to be known about the setup of the film. Like you know, all these people encounter this dead body or don't as the doctor Aye. like. Um, doesn't or does, yeah. you know, he just kind of stumbles upon this body, apologises to it, doesn't register, it's a body and moves on, mm-hmm. but all these people that encounter this body have a part to play in everything that unfolds after, Yeah. Um. and at one point there's an artist, a local artist uh, who comes along, uh, finds the body, starts to draw it, oh, like, you know, right. that's how nonplussed he is by oh. it, you know, so again, like the whole, um, like the morose side, the, the morbid side of the story, it's completely trivialised by, uh. you know, how, um, how nonchalant everyone is about mm-hmm. the subject, you know, and that's all the body is, it's just a subject, you yeah.
0: know. Yeah, it's like it's taken, it's, 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 you know, at this point Hitchcock is such a, so much about suspense um, that he's removed all of, there's no suspense at all. It's, it's all been taken out. I mean, there's a couple of moments. There's maybe there's a few hints of it towards mm-hmm. the end of the film, yeah. um, as it starts to kind of all come together. But um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, it's just there's no threat, there's no anything. It's just this. Uh, there's not much daft little country story about, and it's beautifully
1: shot as oh, well. The big, big autumnal awesome. vistas, a yeah. <laughs> delightful, really really nice. Apparently. Yeah. Um, like they had to get a lot of the uh, leaves shipped in um, mm-hmm. uh, into a sound studio, maybe somewhere in the States, mm-hmm. um, and they were painstakingly stapled to trees. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, you get that, that perfect look, you know how much a perfectionist Hitchcock is. That was mm-hmm. his whole deal. He prepared and prepared and prepared and then shot, and mm-hmm. if there were any any problems with that, he would just flip. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the way it was shot, I think it's very hitchcock and it's... You know, and you know what you're saying about the, uh, the lack of suspense? Yeah. Like, you're totally right, And but I think at the end, I think there's a little kind of turning again that subverts expectations yeah. for that specific film. You just think it's going to play out as a farce. Yeah. Like an alien comedy or something like yeah. that, which is what it felt like to me mm-hmm. for most of it. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, that little weird part, like, and I was genuinely kind of you know obviously it was a I was a bit doid. Uh, uh, yeah
0: no yeah cuz that, that that is the one moment in the film where you, where you, you know you start to getting a bit nervous mm-hmm. and then again that was really cleverly handled because mm-hmm. what you expect is completely twisted around and it's
1: it's another uh, hitchcock twist it's a bluff oh, you know oh,
0: yeah. and then he,
1: he likes to kind of pull up on quite a lot so but um yeah and the way that the uh, the the, the um, comedy kind of plays out halfway through is with um, not just how they treat the body it's not like a weekend at bernie's mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know which is what it, it really it yeah. could have been yeah, it yeah, like yeah. they exhumed the body four times <laughs> like, because that's that's the whole deal with uh, with harry uh-huh. Like uh, you, you think that the trouble with him is that you know why he's dead. Who's Is it's not. It's how how they're going to get rid of him. And yeah. like you know, and if they ever are, he's just constantly
0: in and right. out, and in and out. But it's not even. It's not even like because um, the trouble with Harry could be that they need to find something to do with the body before something he's found or before. But it's not even that. It's like that. It's that they decide to do one thing with him. And it's not a change of, not really a change of circumstance, not until the end really, but there's not really much in the ch- terms of changes of circumstances that makes them have to exhume the body and do something else with it. It's just that people keep changing their minds. Aye, aye. It's like, or oh, maybe we should do this, or maybe we should do that, and then it's just this ridiculous amount of... But I never found that got tiresome. Either. No, no, I no, I no, it was, no, it, was, no. It, was, it was
1: a well-balanced farce. Yeah. Because like, that could get tired really quick. Yeah. You know, but it, it didn't because the circumstances weren't strictly believable, but... For that circumstance and yeah, yeah, yeah. for those characters it was yeah. um, and like, so in terms of you know uh, looking at films like that uh, that film sorry to um, comparing that to like uh, Vertigo oh. uh, or like you know any other films that were around about that time mm-hmm. like what, what sort of, do you do you think that you could identify it if you didn't see um, the director's name again. Start film. Like, say you just walked in, and like you know, your mum was watching it. You'd be like, "Oh, what's going on, What's <laughs> film?" And you sat down. And you're
0: like, "This looks good." This is pure Hitchcock. Uh, would you say that? Would, would you, you say think it that? Was pure Hitch- Not necessarily. I mean, maybe uh, from a visual style, and I think some of the dialogue as well. It's got mm-hmm. a very. I think it's got a very interesting, almost bizarre dialogue style sometimes like there's an amazing scene with the wee boys carrying the dead rabbit yeah and he interrupts the sort of the captain and the lady having their muffins and um and he's like what you got there He's like oh it's a rabbit and the woman's like what do you call it he's like dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah totally (laughs) that kind of distills the
0: whole tone eh? (laughs) or when the, the artist is in the shop and he's not got enough money for a full packet of cigarettes so he, he cuts it in half and he says I'll, I'll buy the other half tomorrow <laughs> it's really it nice little bits like that aye I a think. little
1: too quirky for your usual
0: yeah Hitchcock fare a sort of a quirk level that's maybe a bit ahead of its time I think yeah and a cast of unknowns as well yeah yeah
1: And I think that was a deliberate decision I, I, I think like cause you know how Hitchcock was quite famous for um, being a bit a prankster aye I think this was like you know a goal of his to just divert from you know his usual fare Aye. and try and sell a different film obviously it was like a bit of a it was a passion project for him apparently it was one of his uh, favourites his own favourites oh right okay and uh, of course like that was the first film that uh, him and Bernard Herman first got together mm-hmm. and like of course they, like that was a, a collaboration that went on throughout the, pretty much the rest of his career you know, of their careers even so um you know, he's. I, I think he's very fond of it, but I think that one of the main reasons that he made it was, you know, to kind of trick audiences so that people would say this, this is the new Hitchcock movie, and they'd come out thinking that. I don't think that was. I think we've been fooled. Yeah. You
0: know. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's. Um, I'm sure I read somewhere that he was going for an anti-Hitchcock vibe. The other thing we wanted to talk about in the film was uh, we've already touched on, but we want to talk about was the the the, the innuendos. Oh yeah, yeah there's right. some okay, amazing. Yeah. Amazing dialogue.
1: Yeah. Uh, instead, at like so at one point, um, Shirley McLean's talking about a loveless ma- marriage, and she says that uh, she doesn't want to do the dishes on her own. In other words, wank. <laughs> 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 Which was kind of upsetting to me because I uh, kind of like the image of young Shirley McLean just going to town on herself. Like maybe no way at like the business end of a claw hammer, but certainly <laughs> good slipper to you, like, Screaming the fucking roof off, maybe I'm... Um, a slipper? Aye, uh, well, you know, you've got to... This is how I put the blood in it, mate. Cos, <laughs> like, you know, something like a wet towel is just a bit too far-fetched. <laughs> how many times have you got a wet towel to And Not that often, let me tell you. It's hard to find a wet towel when you need one, but when you need a slipper, it's always there. <laughs> Right in your foot. Right in your foot, ready to scud a fanny way. <laughs> That's fucking awful, scud Richie a man. <laughs> Scudder Fanny. The new Adele album. We've
0: never- <laughs> <laughs> um and but one of, one of the better ones, it was just like it was actually kind of like cringy to see them talking about it, but with the old captain. Oh yeah. So uh, he, the old captain's gonna. The go old captain, of, we should say, who, the, the guy, old who, finds the guy the the who finds the body. Uh, initially, and he meets it. the woman over the dead body, and they organise a date and <laughs> tea and muffins. So he's talking to the the artist, the younger artist dude, about his upcoming date, and um, they, I think it's the artist dude that says to him, um, you know, no man has ever crossed her threshold
1: oh that's it yeah Aye.
0: and then he sort of the captain kind of claps his hands in delight and says she's a very well preserved woman and the thing about a good preserve is that it eventually has to be opened <laughs> yeah
1: totally that's the one that got me I know because some of them are good because like a, a, a huge part of this film um is um like there's a huge sexual current running yeah. through it you know yeah. the, 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 and all of these characters kind of have to restrain this and um, the artist um who meets Shirley Like he instantly tries to woo her you know and there's some amazing sleazing going on from this guy to some subtle some not so subtle he's effectively (laughs) just saying get your rat out
0: (laughs) 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 Aye. you know that's it because I'm sure the first time he meets her because obviously he's a painter Uh. he's like I like you (laughs) I would like to paint you nude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's resting his leg on a rock
1: or something at the same time as well.
0: <laughs> but the best thing is her reaction to it. She just kind of brushes it off. It's like, well, no, the day, pal. <laughs> Not in so many words, but I can't remember exactly right. what I- You have to put a
1: ring on it. For- <laughs> I'm no ahur. <laughs> the next thing you know, he's like, well, oh, you marry me, baby. I want to crush your threshold. <laughs> Open you up like a reserve. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Aunt, It's funny I'm ringing <laughs> <laughs> She just throws out her slippers That's the
0: final scene She gets rid of them <laughs> I'll no need these <laughs> Oh, I'll Never look at a pair of slippers In that home again <laughs>
1: <laughs> So, uh, so um, what was your overall impression Then of uh, Trouble with Harry
0: Trouble with Harry Um well, it's one of those films that when you think about it afterwards, you realise that you kind of liked it. Yes. That you, the, the more you think about it, the more you liked it. But I think at the time as you're watching it, that thing that probably caused it to be more of a critical failure in, or commercial failure in the States where nothing does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ. It plays, it plays on you, and then when it's it's only after that you've watched it that you realise that you have been played. And it's very much like uh, the film that we mentioned earlier, the, the David Lynch one, Straight Story, that does yes, exactly I, the same mm-hmm. thing all the way through it. And I, you, you have the exact same feeling all the way through it, because you, mm-hmm. your head immediately goes, right, well, this is going to happen, and then it doesn't, and this is going to happen, and it just never, none of that stuff ever happens, and it just... But when you think about it afterwards, you're like, I like that. I like that. That's that was an interesting Mm -hmm. move. You get like a retrospective appreciation for it.
1: There's so much. It's
0: it's quite it's
1: quite rich, Mm -hmm. like for dialogue, plot, and uh, like there's there's instant um, clicks. Mm -hmm. I got for like the cinematography. Yeah. The acting, Shirley MacLaine in particular. Mm -hmm. She's just a wee ball of charisma. She's fucking great. Yeah. Really, really good facial expressions to. Um, and quite a lot of cocked eyebrows you know there's there's quite a lot of hints that need to be dropped here and all the actors serve really well and as like you know as a cast of unknowns they do a pretty fine job yeah you know all together but yeah i'm fully with you on the retrospective appreciation but um i don't know i think i could identify it as a hitchcock movie if i didn't if i didn't know if i just walked in on it um, but I think it's purely because of those things I was talking about, the instant appeal yeah. and what makes it a Hitchcock movie, you know, the, 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 the subtle build up of tension near the end and um, the, the, there was no, uh, the, the only kind of main Hitchcock trademark that I didn't really notice that much was the uh, something that Tarantino's nabbed the major plot twist halfway through. Oh. Like, uh, that propels the rest of the film there's a MacGuffin yeah. in this too aye. so like you know those, those are the main things but stylistically it's miles away from aye. you know um, in terms of tone I mean like yeah like not absolutely not
0: visual style or anything like yeah. that but. yeah aye so there you go that was uh, Trouble with Harry thankfully I don't think we spoiled too much of it no no but no. I think you should definitely watch that one yeah uh, I'm not sure but the next two <laughs> So um So up next Up next uh, (laughs) This was Danny's choice. Aye um we have the Wiz. Pierce Brosnan like you've never seen him before. The Wiz, which is a Motown remake. Motown production Mm -hmm. of a Broadway show. Yes. A Broadway show that is a um a remake of The Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. with an all black cast. That's right, yep. And um, the
1: the the cast is quite incredible. Well, we talk. Will we talk about the director first?
0: The who were because obviously. aren't we? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so
1: specifically, aye, um This director, uh, th- I think he's probably the most. This is probably the most prominent deviation. Yeah. Uh, out of all the films that we're going to talk about, because this guy is usually directed like cop thrillers, psychodramas. Uh, courtroom dramas, Yeah, uh, he's see he's a, he's an actor's director, yeah. he's been absolutely adorned with
0: um awards. Probably used to working with a low budget and things
1: as well. Absolutely like, I um well he was famous for working within budget and within time. Yeah. That's why he actually got hired for this because it was such a huge production. Right. They needed someone that they could rely on. Yeah. Um, and it's the director of this is Sydney
0: Loomy. Sydney Loomy Sort of twelve angry men,
1: Aye, dog, dog day, day afternoon. afternoon, and Serpico. And Aye,
0: Aye. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely bizarre. Aye, and um, and
1: like the bit it keeps getting more bizarre though the more you look into like Joel Schumacher Joel Schumacher wrote the fucking script script. (laughs) (laughs) Joel Batman Forever Schumacher I've got an idea for a script (laughs) that was more Verhoeven (laughs) okay I want you to say can you fry Bobby (laughs) say it, say it harder Can you fly, Barbie? That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay, good night. am so Sydney me directed it. Joe Schumacher wrote it. The cast, we've got fucking uh, Diana Ross um, as Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy Dian- yeah. Yeah, Diana Ross is 33 at this point. Yep. Uh, and they wanted initially um, the guy who was uh, up for direction initially um, before fucking off,
0: so uh, John season. Badham. John... B- or Bad Ham. John Badham. Aye. Um, who went on to direct... It. Who went on to... <laughs> 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 this is we two seconds, it. two seconds. John Badham, who went on to direct uh, Short Circuit, War Games, <laughs> Stake Out, Bird a Wire. He missed out on directing the Wiz. He had said that he didn't want Diana Ross
1: in the role because she was lobbying for the, the role yeah. quite quite frantically. Yeah. Like the mad wee skeleton she is. Um, <laughs> just like, I want this job! And just goes down there at John Badham's window. <laughs> like a fucking creep. <laughs> I want this job! Just up there like a Cheshire cat with that big skeletal smile. She freaks me out, man! Yeah. like, oh. uh, like that, There's something that. very unsettling about her in the film as well. No, just screaming at you. <laughs> she doesn't sing, she's like, yeah, I am sad! spends most of the film fucking greeting <laughs> as well. Oh. Um, aye, so she was 33 at the time. John Badham was like, no, we want the woman who is playing Dorothy right now in the, in yeah. the Broadway production. Yeah, they wanted
0: more of a teenage mm-hmm. up-and-comer. Yeah, um, totally.
1: Aye, but, um, but they got. Uh, they said, right, okay, crazy lady. We'll let you take it because you've said that if you bring your role to us and then you can get Michael Jackson too. Aye. Michael Jackson plays Scarecrow. Yes, Michael um,
0: Jackson who apparently... You can tell we've been on Wikipedia a lot. <laughs> Michael Jackson, who at this point had left Motown mm-hmm. Records and was now with Epic. Epic, yeah, Records. with the Jackson 5. Yep. Because he hadn't really gone
1: well, he had gone solo, but you know, he hadn't gone Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, like you know, yeah, he had yeah, started his yeah. whole well. Because this was say, uh, seventy, 70 eight, nine. 78? 70 70 yeah, 78 yeah. this was. So it was still like it's still like a total funkin' disco soundtrack, too. So yeah. it's not your usual um traditional musical in that sense like i i th- I thought the one good thing about it was the music there was some yeah. really good music I think in there
0: the west definitely has its strong points and it has its weak points and I think one of its strong points is that it's quite um it's quite it's not like anything you're going to see aye, ever guys um it's and it's quite different from uh for well, for a start like the 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 Dorothy character is living in Harlem and the whole Mm -hmm. film, Oz is kind of portrayed as a sort of alternate reality version of New York. Yeah. And, um... Uh, So the yellow brick road goes from, like, the slums across the Brooklyn Bridge.
1: Yeah. Um, over uh, into... It goes
0: into the subways, it goes... mm -hmm. Over the bridge, it sort of takes them into the, the, the plaza, of the World Trade Center. and Yeah,
1: and uh, the sun doesn't rise, a big apple does. Yeah. And that, yeah. that uh, it's a little bit of foreshadowing there <laughs> for what actually happens in the future. Yeah. This is Apple taking over. Yeah, we bought the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's an apple now. <laughs> and it only rises
0: over New York. hi. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of sort of uh, and the music the music is genuinely mm. really good the
1: it. Uh, makeup uh, is fantastic and we just found out it was Stan
0: Winston Stan Winston was sort of yeah. head makeup artist yeah, yeah. that's pretty decent um, yeah, that's good news yeah no there's there's some there's some good makeup there's some bad makeup I like Michael Jackson Michael let's Jackson. talk about Michael Jackson first
1: yeah because this is his his film debut yeah um, which of course geared him up for his uh, multi-award winning performance in Moonwalker Moonwalker and yeah. uh, um, <laughs> And he's uh, he's a scarecrow, and like he's got this whole um, wobbly leg. He's got the whole jelly leg thing down, and that he looks yeah. like he's just absolutely smashed the dishes about half a dozen toddlers. So he's burst. He's uh, just
0: floating all about the place. Well, apparently he put a lot of work into his uh, uh, into the role. Like he really, really prepared. Hold Aye. on again.
1: What was it, gazelles or something like that? I watched footage of gazelles. <laughs> um.
0: Where is it? Make sure, it's pre-production and development. So it says uh, again, according to Wikipedia. I mean, you could not listen to us and just go and look it up if you wanted, but <laughs> um, <laughs> we're here to deliver information. So apparently Michael Jackson, you know, he like he really prepared for the role and he according to this, he watched uh videotapes of gazelles, cheetahs and panthers. <laughs> um which I didn't massively come across, I don't no. I mean he just did some good dancing. He uh, he done he some was, of the good dancing. Uh, um and I thought his acting was
1: you know, as as much as you can see that he acted in the film, he, he,
0: the thing is, you know what? See if you hadn't told, see if I hadn't seen Michael Jackson's name in the credits, I probably yeah. wouldn't have recognized him. He's got that voice, he's got that Michael Jackson voice, but I think I, I would have probably went, he sounds like Michael Jackson before I would have said he was Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, because he's got this weird makeup. And the, the, the the he's obviously made up to look like a scarecrow, but they've given him this sort of double chin. Mm. And the, uh, the
1: Reese's cup nose. Aye. It's man. like somebody's just violently shat in his face. <laughs> <laughs> violently? Aye. Just one we poof. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> just like a wee Flat- tiny one with a density of plutonium <laughs> flattened his nose. Reese's nose. <laughs> like a wee Reese's
0: cup. Uh, Aye. <laughs> a wee stinky cup. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're... Yeah. And then... Yeah, yeah It's like they're Yeah But it But he's Yeah, yeah It's like they're Yeah And then But it But he's High No, the, his makeup's totally bizarre His makeup but is, is ma- Pretty shocking but, but The quality of the makeup in the film overall Is really, really ah. good Like the um The Tin Man The Tin Man's makeup is really good actually mm-hmm. I right. was quite impressed with his one
1: and um, like a few of the more incidental characters too and like, I mean, you know, everything from the costume design, set design, some mm-hmm. of them are really, really stunning and there's like a lot of, the thing that I really enjoyed about it was um, a lot of the what's now considered traditional effects. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of matte paintings in it. Yep. and um, there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, cle- like the sound studio yeah. um, shots, like there's one outside the, the library. Um, what I like to call the Ghostbusters library Aye. and then um, the lion kind of comes out the mould of one of the lions on the uh, side of the staircase and that was uh, Lumi's, one of Lumi's uh, initial concepts is he wanted to um, really root it in um, a lot of New York's landmarks and yeah. everything like that but apparently um, like, uh, there was a lot of script tinkering and creative control from Motown in right. the studios and stuff um, that dictated that he couldn't have his own vision, yeah. and he said that um, he considers that film a disaster of his, right? Um, which is, I think, it's quite harsh because mm-hmm. given what he had to work with,
0: yeah,
1: I thought he made quite, he made quite a few bad decisions in that he he shot it, he shot it underlit. I thought it was it's very it's dark, uh, it's very dark. Uh, but that and it I gives an thought, unusual. Well, yeah, no, I edge. thought
0: that was a, I thought that was like a decision to make it like like the sort of flips the flip side of Wizard of Oz because obviously Wizard of Oz is such a ridiculously colourful and bright. It's film a big te- it's a technicolor yeah, it's movie, a technical that's the whole movie. point of it. Yeah. It goes from yeah. black and white to, to technicolour yeah, Exactly. And um, and this is a sort of this is quite a dark urban mm. kind of version of it. And I think it's interesting how what you say about the the landmarks, obviously they've taken out a lot of the landmarks, but in many ways it's you can tell it's New York. Like there's a lot of like the way that they use the subways and 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 the way that the the under the subway comes to life and attacks That's them and cool stuff and, That's and they've got the they've got the the Brooklyn Bridge mm. and things like that so it's I think it, that idea still comes through a lot um, Christ so I think uh, yeah no that they've done quite well in that respect but it's uh, yeah no I, I I actually thought that the lighting was a was just a. Creative choice, and maybe uh, in retrospect, maybe at the time it wouldn't have been a, uh, it would have been a less popular thing to do. But mm-hmm. I think it's more popular now. Do you know where it came to, to underlight things? Yeah, than it, is aye, that it was. That's what then. Happens.
1: And, like, I think Fincher's had a big role mm-hmm. to play in that. Mm-hmm. Certainly after like Seven and Fight Club, huge mm-hmm. commercial successes, and
0: or sort of they did it when they started doing it on TV in the nineties as well. They just oh, they yeah. realized that if they turned all the lights off, everything would look uh, the production more expensive.
1: value uh, kind of increases. Or it appears to be so. anyway. Aye, aye. Aye. Um, it kind of reminded me of, weirdly enough, uh, the whole time I was watching the Wiz, just in terms of um, reworking a like a uh, such a, a highly revered um, Christ. What do you call it? A, yeah, not, not film, a... but property. Yeah, like such a highly revered property to to make that your own. Um, But still appease the fans must be tough, and I think like what it kept reminding me of was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Uh Um, Because that 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 had. Uh, quite we'll a with notable you we'll budget with you uh, right, okay bear with me right uh, but it's it's quite a dark film in a lot of ways Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles you know it the deals live, with it. so you're
0: talking about the, the first live action one yeah the first yeah, live yeah. action one yeah yeah not, not
1: Secret of the Ooze or anything yeah. like that like, just the first live action one which right. I still I, I love that movie man yeah, yeah. it's flawed but you know it kind of it gives it more character right so um, it's underlit uh-huh. it takes a highly revered property mm-hmm. reworks it um, adds a lot more bleak undertones to what was already pretty bleak, but just brings it a lot more to the forefront with the with the whiz. Yeah. Um. It's urban decay. There's a lot of emphasis on urban decay yeah. in that, and that's the one kind oh, of interesting like, thing about social yeah. commentary with the film, because like the whole deal with uh, I looked up the um, uh, the synopsis on well the plot summary on uh, IMDb, and it said it's an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. That tries to capture the essence of the African American experience, which I never got at all. It's yeah. not capturing the experience of the African, uh, the essence of the African American experience. It's yeah. just it's the cast is it's entirely black, yeah. and um, the music is different. And there's no kind of that. There's no massive change to the plot or anything that happens to suggest that it's analogous well, to yeah. no, anything I mean, that the, the, that is huge in black history you the, know the, the
0: creative apart from the music and the people in front of the camera everyone else involved is white yeah. so I mean <laughs> Lumi involved yeah. I, I think
1: that's what makes it such a bizarre choice for Lumi yeah. you know is, he's you know it's, it's never been a huge I mean he's t- you know he kind of touched on um, segregation and things in Dog Day Afternoon and uh, you know but just briefly you know just a, a tiny bit but um, yeah, aye. Um, so back to the turtle thing. Yeah, sorry. Right? Okay, yeah. So we've got um, Underlit uh, takes a, a highly revered a property and does something, you know, a little more bleak with it. Uh-huh. And it it fails to. It does fail uh, to a certain degree in that it tries to make a fun. Uh, Turtles tries to make a fun action movie, Uh um, but fails because it's too poor-faced. But that makes it more interesting and gives it a little more kind of um, identity, you know. That's a really unique film. And what Wiz does is try to make a big, huge, lavish song and dance movie, but fails because Lumi's direction is too stagey, it's too theatrical. Yeah, you know, it's it, like he's used to like with Twelve Angry Men. That's his debut as well. Uh-huh. Like it's it's mostly shot uh, in a courtroom. Yeah. Um. And as far as I remember, well it's no, 12 all. Twelve Angry
0: Men is the, the it's just the, it's not even the courtroom. It's the like the back room with the, yeah. the jury. Yeah, that's all, right. Yeah. Aye. Um. But yeah, no, it's it's a lot more focused on performance rather than yeah. scale. So like a which lot which th- comes across a lot in a lot of the music numbers because we were talking about this earlier and how a lot of the music numbers are quite tight. Single shots. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a few numbers that Diana Ross does that are just, that just holds, it's like a mid shot of her for like practically the whole song.
1: Aye, Dirty Diana just giving it big licks, (laughs) right at the camera, scaring the shit out of me. I could have done without that. Really shouldn't have had that joint before I watched it.
0: Diana Ross just
1: going, I am fine!
0: Right in my face.
1: (laughs) I don't care if you're fine, just leave me.
0: It's funny because at the beginning of the film, like, they've replaced the hurricane with a, a snowstorm. That's right, aye. And I'm, <laughs> it just makes you think, I wonder if this is actually, I wonder if they're trying to suggest that this whole thing is just one big coke fueled <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, yeah, Because it very right, well Alt could Eagle. be. Mm-hmm, I know. That's why you cast Diana Ross in the... <laughs> <laughs> Weird choice, but I think... um, I d- I'm
1: glad I've seen it. I'll never watch it again, but I'm glad uh, I've seen it. Cause no, I'm
0: definitely glad I've seen it as well. It's it's one of the things, I, I, the first hour, after it's, again, what we were talking about earlier and exactly what you said as well, I was one hour into it. I watched this in bits through the, the whole day. So when I was one hour into it, I was like, this film is amazing. I love this. Because I just got to the point where uh, we had the, the, the song with the crows and Michael Jackson as mm. the scarecrow and they, would, they would just, they'd just started on the yellow brick road. And then it was like, then it started to kind of maybe take its time a wee bit more. Like, the film is two hours and 15 minutes long. Aye. I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the credits are
1: not that long. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, I know. Uh, it's, it's a it's lo- like I think when you get to like, the other as you say, things start to get a little tedious.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a scene where they get to the Emerald City mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can see that it's making a point but they get to their Emerald City and it's all green. And then they all have a song about how green is the only colour that they care about. This the only thing that they would be seen... They wouldn't be seen dead wearing any other kind of colour. And then this voice from above of the wizard the comes up. The whiz yeah. says, you know... Um, should we say who
1: the whiz is? Who? Ah,
0: his names at the beginning. His opening credits. The Wiz is played by Richard Pryor. It's Aye. not a surprise. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah, totally. I think it should have been. Because his reveal... Would have been a lot cooler. Yeah, because like he he pops his head up because he's he's hiding behind
1: a huge, um, massive metallic uh, effigy of his face. Yeah, and then when
0: when um, when they leave and and the 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 head kind of stops talking, Richard Pryor's kind of head pops up and you just see his eyes kicking over there, but in that amazing sort of Richard Pryor look. (laughs)
1: Like, oh <laughs> and that would have been that would have been
0: a mate. Like, had you not known, but it says at the beginning of the film featuring Richard Pryor and is the, the trailer too. I had and a look at the trailer oh, because right, I wanted okay. to see
1: how they marketed it. Um, and it's quite interesting. They just show a clip of every song and dance number, every single one. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, and so anyway, so they get to the Emerald City, and then this, so they have the the whole number about the color green, and then the voice comes out and says, "Okay, everything's yellow now." Yellow's the color that I love, or that yellow's the color everyone's going to love now, and then everyone um, starts singing about yellow. But then they have a third number oh about no. the color red after that, and you can see that it's making a. They could have all done. They could have done this in one song, <laughs> and it could have been funny. And it could, could it. have been funny. And it was Instead kind of. It, it was, was obviously bonus. making a statement about sort of fashion and how. Uh, and how um, kind of shallow a lot of people are Aye. and they, you know they just have to be told what's cool and, and I
1: think that was the whole point uh, like how these characters are and the Wiz too not just the comment that they're yeah. making but like you know the people of Emerald City are fickle and the Wiz is in control you yeah. know? and he's like right okay fuck it we're wearing yellow now Aye. and everyone's like woo
0: yellow woo. <laughs> Love the spell. but yeah no it, it definitely takes way too long to make his point uh uh-huh. And then it feels like every location that they get to has to have at least two musical numbers. I know just to kind of get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been a really I think it could have been a brilliant film because it has some amazing moments I think and mm-hmm. and like I said before like I was really getting into it and then kind of losing it a bit around about the 2 hour mark.
1: <laughs> I th- the thing that surprises me is that Lumi didn't take as much control as I think he should have because he could have taken control he was a oh, yeah. reputable director at that stage you know and in fact 10 10 years in fact no no he was pretty much at the height of his game and like um I think that he could have taken advantage of the fact that I don't know how the stage show plays I don't know how different the stage show is to the film but the film if you're going to make uh if you're going to Make a remake of The Wizard of Oz with an all-black cast. You want a, you want an all-black cast to like you know serve more of a narrative purpose, not just you know of um yeah. right. Just let's let's make one huge noticeable difference. It's, it's an all-black cast mm-hmm. to add a little more depth to it. As I mm-hmm. said earlier, all it need, like just a little analogy to to yeah. what
0: you know what. It's exactly the, what I was expecting. Like even when it got to the bit with the workers. Yeah and it, it kind of felt like there could have been a bit more but and I I started to find myself looking for stuff that just wasn't there totally. and it was n- and there was nothing there mm-hmm. and then I uh, thought to
1: myself thinking about the film critically brush yeah. that to the side because I was looking for something that wasn't there and that's not mm-hmm. how you should criticize films? No, 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 absolutely. But like, I brushed that aside, and I thought, no, even with that out of the equation, it's it's still mm-hmm. a, an it's a flat film. Yeah. It ends flat. There's like, there's something unusual about it. I, uh, there's something unusual about a film that starts off with a really promising first hour, and you're left feeling deflated after it. Uh, yeah. Something with such a rich, lavish, produ- lavish production, yeah, as well. Like, you'd expect a lot more out of it. Yeah. Um, but when the songs and dances actually jar. The film that is a big song and dance film, have got a big fucking yeah. problem, yeah. and I think that's where you know the the problem with having someone like Lumi involved mm. uh, rested because it wasn't as fun and frenetic, and frenetic as it, it should have yeah. been. He was too busy focusing on performances, big, broad shots, and mm-hmm. which is a bit of a departure from his usual things. He's quite, you know, like in films like Network and like you know, uh, uh, what's the other one? Well, Network. We'll talk about Network and um, there's quite a lot, it, it builds a lot of claustrophobia mm-hmm. and now there's like a lot of really tight shots and confined spaces and mm-hmm. he started it off with 12 Angry Men. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, um, there was, it, it kinda deviated from that, but it's still the same idea. He's, he's all about soaking up the scenery, mm-hmm. but when there's a big song and dance going on, you you want to see choreography, you want to see the yeah. actor's faces. Like, with the, with the songs, with the film's big number, um, what is it? Get on down the road. Oh, he's, on down he's, on, the road. he's on down. He's on. He's on down the road. Yeah. When they're singing that, their backs are to the camera pretty much the whole fucking time, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's a, it's a it's a distant shot. Yeah. One static shot them yeah. just
0: get on. He's on down the road. That that first shot of the the the, the road, that big wide shot. It is a gorgeous shot though. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot absolutely. of really gorgeous shots. But you're right. It it holds on them for a bit too.
1: And it's just weird. It's not comfortable. It doesn't yeah. feel comfortable. He's not comfortable. And the direction of that film, mm-hmm. and I would never have guessed that was Lumi. Never have guessed. No. Like out of all his trademarks, it just would it just totally escapes me. Although there was when I found out that it was Joe Schumacher, uh, I wasn't surprised to see. Uh, remember the f- when you go to Munchkinland or mm-hmm. the, the the equivalent the- of Munchkinland, and then uh, the graffiti comes to life guys come out the wall and they're all kinda of neon and stuff like yeah. that. Immediately thought about Batman Forever. Oh yeah. You know the the neon gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
0: yeah there's a thing when, when when Dorothy first lands in Munchkinland. Land, sorry, oh, and, just kills listen, and kills the witch. Um it's all kids. The Munchkins are all kids. And they're stuck in the walls as graffiti drawings. That's the first kind of hint of how urban it is. But they that they all sort of come at the walls as they've been freed after the witch has been killed just for anyone that doesn't know what we're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> but that, again, that was that was at the point when I started to get quite excited. Yeah, totally. Because it was a lot, like, just that moment where they all come at the that walls That image and start. of the
1: graffiti coming to life was pretty cool. Yeah, it's know? very, very cool. And that was really underlit too, and I thought, well, this is quite interesting. Yeah. Expecting it to get brighter and more lavish as it went on, I thought that was going to be the whole idea. Yeah. But it just stayed pretty flat. You yeah. know, it
0: didn't really go anywhere. Or that bizarre sort of final musical number with the... Aye. They're all... With the, the babies. had uh, The babies stuck to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they, they, they have these babies dressed as stars and they're meant to be um, in the background where this uh, woman... What's the woman's name? I can't remember. I can't it's Lumi's uh, mother-in-law. Mother... Yeah. Uh, she's belting out this number and uh, the babies are kind of uh, <laughs> dressed as stars. But, like, again, it's, they've, they've held the camera on this woman through the whole number as she's singing away. And then... Um, to mix up a bit they cut to close-ups of the babies mm-hmm. but the babies' faces are all just really kind of quite nonplussed about the whole situation they're just like mm-hmm. Aye. <laughs>
1: well, you know what that kind of sums the whole movie up is Aye, it? like, you right. know there's not enough flair and that big final emotional moment where she's like you know you've you, you, you've restored the courage in the in the lion by just by letting him know that this journey that he's been on is, has has done that you know Aye. you don't you don't need to artificially put it in and she's like this, this is your moment shine you know, and instead you've just got this one wee static shot of a woman going off her fucking dial with a bunch of bored babies glued to a wall, Aye and then it cuts yeah. to Diana Ross greeting again. <laughs> and this time you're just like, "End! I just Aye. want it to end! Aye, I because- want to watch Moonwalker." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. I right, know. And the musical number before that, when when she has that moment, she's Diana Ross is belting at her number. Mm-hmm. And again, the camera's just held on her for most of it, over the shoulders of the characters that she's singing to. Yeah, Rather yeah. than showing the faces of the characters that she's singing to. And their expensive just, makeup
1: and costumes. Aye, it's just
0: like, <laughs> oh, from their back.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, a, a lot of like the frames that are filled are gorgeous. Yeah. But they do not marry well with the genre, with the type of film that mm-hmm. we're supposed to be watching. It's mm-hmm. not a mu. It's not shot like a
0: musical. It's shot like a, a, like, a like a courtroom drama. Yeah, <laughs> it,
1: but, but you know, nah.
0: it's a weird. Yeah, it's a weird mix. It's kind of almost there, and it's. I don't even think it, I, they threw so much money at it, so you can't even call it a budget. Apparently, again, I was reading that Fox, who backed the musical, uh, pulled. They didn't want to have anything to do with the film, so Universal jumped at the chance, and supposedly they were sort of. So excited about the project that they didn't even set a budget for it. It was like us just, you know, it's just pay whatever it takes. And I think the budget was maybe set later, but I think at the point it was made, it was the most expensive musical ever mm-hmm. made. And um, and it and I think when it did finally come out, it just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the bus, leather couch Oh, Nice.
1: And the odd thing, excuse me, that I can. Take away from this film is that um, I barely knew about its existence. Yeah. It was only after because I remember a few years ago I was uh, I was on a bit of a uh, Lummi binge. I was watching like the Pacino films and yeah. stuff, and and I wanted to find out. Um, I didn't know um, that he had done Twelve Angry Men. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just really happy to find out that those all matched up. And I remember kind of IMDb them, and I seen The Wiz, and. Uh, and I remember kind of looking at it. I was like, I, I'd recognise that title. Like, yeah. You know, what's it about. Uh, yeah,
0: no, I I totally recognise... Because you, you suggested The Wiz to me. And um, I was like, I totally know that title. But I hadn't ever... You had barely registered with me.
1: But when I watched the trailer uh, and I read up on it, I hadn't seen a single bit of it. It wasn't that I recognised it from, um, like, you know, on Easter Sunday on ITV or something like that. Yeah. It's, it was nothing like that. It must have just been... Through my knowledge, I'd like, cause I grew up listening to Michael Jackson religiously, Right. Okay. so it must have just been during oh, that yeah. period, you know, where I kind of looked into everything that he's done or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's I've seen um,
0: uh, his his biography or whatever, and you know ah, that, that was
1: part of it. And yeah. I think for
0: me, it's on Netflix. I think I've seen the title on Netflix. Ah, right, that okay. Might what it is? Yeah.
1: Right, so growing up, listening to Michael Jackson and loving Michael Jackson and stuff like that, and um, I think that's probably how I heard of it. Um, but other than that, I had no idea. Um, I, I spoke to a couple of people about it, like, did you even know this existed? And the only other person um, that knew it had existed um, was my mum. Right. <laughs> like, she was like, ah, the one with Michael Jackson uh, is the Scarecrow. I was like, ah, that, yeah, that's the one. She's like, Aye, <laughs> so she remembered it not very fondly. But Aye. I don't know. I think um, overall impression from uh, the Wiz was Lumi shouldn't have been hired to direct it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting
0: but not not strictly good. I think yeah. it's worth it for the I first think, hour. I think yeah, it's one of those films. I think it, it probably should. It probably deserves more recognition than it has. Yeah I, I think, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as bad as. I think if you're reputation. a film fan at all, you kind of you should give it a watch. But mm-hmm. it's not going to become your. You know, you should give it a watch, because, it's an interesting film. Mm-hmm. But um, you're probably not going to watch it again.
1: And I kind of like seeing um, not not bad films, but. Um, Films that didn't quite work out. Yeah. Because you get an idea. You get an idea of what, they were, idea going of what for. they were.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: and that that to me kind of um, that that projects more of you know what the director was in te- the original intention and yeah. stuff. Sometimes you know I get more of an impression of what they wanted to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing where they've went wrong. Yeah. And I kind of like to like imagine how it could have went and things like that. And that kind of that, that interests me. I like I like films like that. No,
0: no, totally. Absolutely. more like there's again, a like lot a curio. of films like that as well i mean mm-hmm. that's so many films um, that could be again be another subject um christ but aye, so that's the wiz that's the wiz would you would you recommend it i would recommend the wiz No. especially even just from a musical standpoint cuz yeah, the, yeah, the, the the tunes are Good. Quincy Jones Quincy Jones Quincy
1: Jones uh, I think he was musical director at that stage he didn't uh, want to be but apparently Lumi was like uh, moonbelt <laughs> and Quincy was like mm-hmm, right. <laughs> that's exactly how it went I believe that was verbatim <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of I mean that, that, the, the, the the I mean that, that, the, 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 the musicals kind of segues nicely almost into our next film yeah 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 uh, um, it's, it's a film that centres itself around m- music <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well the, um, well, the original did anyway yeah. but this is a shit segue. It is, tenuous it's tenuous as fuck Very tenuous <laughs>
0: Although um, also what, what was the director we mentioned earlier? John Badham So the original director of The Wiz John Badham directed a film called Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. <laughs> which spawned a sequel mm-hmm. called uh, Staying Alive the fast food
1: business in Japan has expanded 600% in the last 10 years and is now overtaking the automobile industry. The Japanese spend $65 billion a year on dining out. Naturally, everyone wants a piece of the action. Question: Can a gentleman from Kentucky make it in the land of the rising sun? Tonight on Enterprise, The Colonel comes to Japan.
0: And the reason we bring up staying alive. This is probably the most interesting deviation that we've would come across because we didn't watch this film because we really wanted to see the film we watched this film because it was directed by Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the point when he'd just done Rocky 3 uh-huh. it's in between Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 and it's a film about uh, John Travolta's character now we don't remember much about Saturday if we were, no, we were saying so last we time we watched it was like even yeah.
1: late primary school
0: early uh, high school was probably the last time remember all the only thing I remember is this, like, this suit
1: the suit the um, strut Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Let's get to that later. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. Save that to the
0: end. <laughs> the strut and, uh, and the club as well. The the Odyssey. Aye, aye. I mean, there's a few nods to the original. Um, to the I, there's probably more than we noticed. But, yeah. um So this follows uh, John Travolta's character. Fuck, what's his name? Oh, hold on. <laughs> right. So um, staying alive is about uh, John Travolta's character Tony uh, Manero. Tony Monero. Tony Monero. And he's a he's a struggling uh, He's a dancer. dancer.
1: Yeah, he's a professional dancer. What if I get up on in this lycra?
0: <laughs> so it's it's basically a film about um, uh, him sort of trying to make it as a, a professional dancer. So I mean uh, you can imagine in a film like that, especially in nineteen eighty three, it's all sort of camel toes and power ballads. It <laughs> <laughs> oh. <That> fully is <laughs> <laughs> a lot of insane lycra that doesn't leave much to the imagination aye but it seems to be mostly Tony Monero being a total arsehole aye I know well that's
1: that like you know at first it was quite interesting because you're thinking this guy is an absolute prick and he's kind of like the anti-Rocky in a lot of yeah. ways you don't root for him at all no no. and you want him a you want him to fail like remember like yeah. an hour in we were like fucking fail <laughs> <laughs> I believe we actually although worryingly
0: watching it that's Coming from just our standpoint, you're wondering, is that was that the intention? Aye. Although I think no, I actually no, I think it is the intention because the, it trips him up. Trips him up halfway through the film. Aye. But essentially, Tony Monero, he's a struggling dancer, he's got this uh, girlfriend. Um hey, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. He's got his girlfriend Jackie. And He's perfectly, like, pleasant to her, but... Mm-hmm.
1: And she's
0: she's uh, besotted. Yeah, she's, she's absolutely she's besotted. All about him. Yeah.
1: She's all about him and his, his delicious pecs
0: yeah. that apparently he worked two years on. Two years? According, yeah, there's a, the, according to IMDb, the IMDb trivia page, uh, Travolta trained for two years with Stallone <laughs> on uh, on this film.
1: <laughs> that, to me, suggests that he was on... Imagine Travolta shows up on set of Rocky Three. He's like, hey guys, I've been working out. Oh my God. <laughs> and and Mr. T just walks in. He's like, who's this prick? Who's this pencil dick? <laughs> you know? And he's right. like, I've been working out. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's the Boy for Greece, eh? <laughs>
0: uh, nice turnips, you prick.
1: <laughs> Where's your quiff,
0: you fanny? And he storms off. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> totally does four chin-ups and starts greeting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Olivia Neutron Bomb shows up and is like, you alright John, I'm a He
0: fucking heartbroken. Hey all those wrestlers, they make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Hulk Hogan gave me a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll show them I'll be in the best dance movie <laughs> of all time. Oh, but a very successful dance movie as well. Stallone
1: directed a successful dance movie. and like, Success- like Successful the year it came out. <laughs> uh, right,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably, top 10 of the year, 83. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so Tony Monero, he's a struggling dancer and uh, he's got this, you know, lovely girlfriend. And he meets this... Uh, uh, this English, young <laughs> English dancer, uh-huh. and he attempts to chat her up in his standard sleazy way. And <laughs> oh, he some delightful some, lines! Uh, insane lines on her. I might drop some in. Pierce Brosnan, like you've never seen him before. Uh-huh. And then um, she slams the door in his face. And then when he fails with the charm, he comes in all aggressive. Like what the fuck are you playing at? You nearly broke my face. Uh, he kicks in the door, gets a bit rapey. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, oh, "All right, I'll go with me." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know this, this is the first sign of him being a total arsehole. But yeah. he's doing this all the while, he's supposed quite to be blatantly. With you know, they they show him sort of saying bye to her and giving her a kiss and a cuddle and all that, and send her on her way, and then off chatting up this other lassie. And um, basically, the English lassie does to her him what he's been doing to women. She takes him out, takes her back to, takes him back to hers, gets it on with him and then kicks him out. <laughs> eh. And I think that that bothers him slightly, and he becomes slightly um,
1: emasculated a bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this
0: is really as deep as the film intends, yeah. but this is her interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he sort of starts to obsess over over her slightly, and come, maybe comes on a bit too strong, and she pams him off, basically not in a good way. <laughs> Um, um, and this causes him this causes his now his other girlfriend to kind of she sort of finds out and gets really pissed off aye. they break up and then about midway through the film he sort of goes I've been an asshole and then um,
1: <laughs> aye, she goes off with uh, oh, Frank Stallone it's Frank Stallone aye. Frank Stallone oh is, my god Frank he St- delivers his performance of a lifetime in this it's unbelievable his pelvis does things.
0: His Frank. pout does things. So um, Jackie, is it Jackie? Yeah, yeah. So Jackie is in a band. She's a lead singer <laughs> in this band. Oh, and fuck. the first time, the first time you meet Frank Stallone's character, he's playing guitar next to Jackie. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's almost as if he's eyeing her up with his hips. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps swinging the matter, and, and then when she leaves, for some reason, leaves the stage mid uh, mid number. And to talk to um uh, Tony. He's just staring at her the whole time and Tony's giving him eyes of say, What what's this
1: boy's deal? Uh, giving that big gammy mouth pout
0: <laughs> and winning. It's oh, it's unbelievable.
1: But the uh, the soundtrack is quite spectacular. It's yeah. it's uh, it's still Vince Dicola. It's mm-hmm. still uh, in terms of like Rocky, it's obviously like the same Yeah, you know, musical trick. And obviously his brothers are still involved, uh Frank's playing a lot and singing a lot yeah. and uh, he's he's the sex appeal of the film not yeah. not Travolta's two year abs <laughs> it's 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 Frank Stallone's pelvis <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for um, oh Jesus those those moves but um, <laughs> so I know I mean he realises halfway through that he's been in a in a total arsehole and he so the, the second half of the film is about him trying to well he doesn't it doesn't take long. The 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 girl that he's treated like absolute dog shit just comes running back to him mm. after like an insanely long dance sequence. Yeah. Which is I think we both agreed was just a sex scene with Oh yeah, like soft focused dance moves. I know it lasted an entire fucking song. And they were <laughs> as it was, it was it was like
1: I expected I would expect less from a Shannon Tweed film. <laughs> 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 he'd switch over and he'd be like, yes, I'm getting the slipper out. <laughs> um,
0: I, so, um, you know, so after that, the little dance number, uh, they get back together, and then he, the, the two of them have to be in a stage production with the English girl, yeah. who then becomes the villain um, strangely enough. Because of her vagina. But yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, w- w- with with this English character, I can't remember her name. No, no I don't uh, she, But she, with this character, you have potentially, the first half of the film was, was a, a sort of, you know, like almost, it was turning the idea on its head, the idea of, uh, you know, her playing him rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. But then she becomes a total... She, just she becomes an arsehole. the arsehole for it. Um, and talk about double standards. I say. know. I know. Terrible.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So she becomes the villain. She um, she tries to uh, not take over the the end performance, but uh, certainly doesn't let him shine. And yeah. at one point, even says, "You've not got
0: it. You've not got it." And so I think.
1: Yeah. And I remember. I the, thought the, that was the end of that song and dance number but he, it, it he nailed it the they truth. both nailed it but then the fucking second act starts Yeah, yeah I mean the, cl- the,
0: the climax of the the film is, is basically the final Broadway show and um, he has to dance with her in a sort of quite an intimate number but they have to kind of be professional about it but it all starts to come out and he kind of triumphs I mean and, and, and to be fair at the end they both come out kind of on top but he does it by hijacking the show. The show. I mean, we're kind of going a bit being a bit more spoilerific than yeah, we normally know, are, I but
1: I think in this this is the only circumstance I think we can get away with being spoilerific because it's essential that we talk about the entire film yeah. to contrast it with any other film from the same director. Yeah. You can't just you know talk about the tone of it, it's not that simple. Yeah. You know, we kinda need to and to be fair these films, with the exception of The Trouble of Harry, well, you know, I would strictly recommend them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, especially you know. not this one, unless you're there's like a group of you and you're really drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, do you know what, man? Staying Alive would be a great film to watch with uh, a good few drinks. Yeah. That'd be amazing. You could get a good drinking game out of that as well. Like Every time you see Lycra the first time Travolta gets taps off which is only ten minutes in, did we say?
0: Yeah, um, no, it wasn't even, it was like six... Oh, it was six minutes six, in, yeah, because I put my read down you on actually fifteen minutes in. Mentally noted the timer if I remember <laughs> rightly <like we're laughs> But um I know the the first taps I've seen with with, with uh, Travolta, he's washing his clothes in the shower. <laughs>
1: he's having a shower, yeah, but yeah. His clo-
0: he's all his clothes are hanging up around and <clears> scrubbing <throat> the soap on yeah. his shirt and stuff. The lane. Um
1: Yeah, but let's <clears> But anyway, yeah. And that and is very spoilerific, but we can't let this go by. The very last scene, right? After all this has been through, all these conflictions and everything like that, uh, yeah. a character, he's learnt so much about himself and this girlfriend, this Jackie lass, she's finally, he's, yeah. he's won her. Yeah. He's won her back. They've had a wee kiss. He's looked at the English rose and said, she's, you. Yeah, the,
0: the English lassie at the end of the film comes running back to him and basically says, hey, do you want to, you, uh, you want to come around to mine later? And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm going to see my girlfriend. And then they go through and they have a wee kiss. And his mums must be kicking about as well because his yeah, mum was in the his audience. His mum was
1: in the audience. She's still sitting there like, "Fuck was that?" All about aye. Lasers, guys in suits lassoing you. You're oiled
0: aye. for a, a good half an hour. Aye. And you're aye. The, what was it? What was the what was the, the stage show oh, called? Satan's Sa- Oh Alley. Satan's, Satan's Alley. And the big number
1: as well, the big song, They like, just featured this one vocal lip of a guy going, "Dance." <laughs> But it's horrendous, like you know the Friday the Thirteenth delay. <laughs> that, that kind of does. It's horrendous. Oh, there's some
0: incredible <laughs> right, so the
1: mum's still in the audience yeah. at this point. he's told the English Rose to fuck off. He's just wonch Jackie whilst looking at the English Rose like I've won, ruin you. And then all of a sudden she's like, "Hey, let's go back and make some blueberry jam in my pants," or whatever's romantic in a Stallone film. And then he's went, "Oh, I just want to strut." takes the door in and then walking down the street and he's totally nailing it he's got the knuckles out walking that going on and his ass is so fucking horrendously perky
0: (laughs) I know there's even a guy like leaning against the wall that gives him a look (laughs) as he walks past and he's just yeah Uh, you've just won it life mate (laughs) well the the closing it's just incredible I mean it, it totally takes you completely by surprise as well because it's like it's it i always thought of a, a strut is just you know it's a confident walk and it's and it's just something that someone has it's not someone does as an activity <laughs> It's like, I'm going to wait for a game of football. You you coming? No, mate, I'm going to spend the afternoon strutting. <laughs> aye, he makes a job of saying, I want to strut. I want to strut. And then <laughs> he, he sort of and
1: struts. <laughs> and then there's a wee kind of, just before the credits roll, aye. he's at, um, oh, where, where is it, New York again? Times Square. Times right?
0: Square, yeah, that's it. He crosses the road at Times Square and then he kind of, st- uh, he smiles, but they they just as he walks, about to walk off camera, and they freeze it, and then they fade him off, <laughs> and then they roll the credits. The it's credits roll, aye. totally incredible. Takes you so by surprise as well because you're just like not not in it well in a good way in the fact that it's absolutely hilarious because you're just like what did that is that is this happening I is? did did I just watch that I know
1: <laughs> but you know what man the whole time I was watching it I was thinking this isn't a boot in the arse off a of Rocky like uh, in terms of um, you know a, a a guy struggling to win at his own game yeah um it's that simple that's you know he's, he's He's got a wee bit. Um, he's he's got a wee bit of adversity to overcome, and uh, and this adversity, as opposed to like you know winning a boxing match, is oh. being a performer in a big show.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it has to struggle to get to the top. And um, there's a lot. of Yeah. And um, there's a lot. A lot more. It's like for me, the whole film was just you know the. Um, Apollo and Rocky scene on the beach. Aye. it was like that for yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know pretty much ninety minutes. And uh, there's like there's the montage, the training montage before the show. Aye. And instead of like you know, instead of the the big fight with Clubber Lang, you've you've got the dance off with the dan- yeah. with uh, bitch woman, yeah. <laughs> you know, who has to defeat. And then um, yes, yeah, it's, it's about whether or not he, he succeeds. And remember, I was expecting him to fail, just as Aye. does in Rocky or whatever. So um, yeah, I, uh, I I had a lot in common in that sense, um, but the only thing that was missing was
0: uh, good stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like boxing. It yeah, being quite good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Like I mean, but the, well, yeah, and also the fact that the main character spends half the film being an art soul. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, I thought like that's quite an interesting choice for Stallone. You know, he's, he's obviously what set himself a challenge. He's yeah. wanting to make a, an arsehole likable. I don't think he succeeds. though. No. and the scripts <laughs> a bit. Of, it's a mess. Aye. The dialogue's shocking. <laughs> no. Where like a lot of the dialogue, and um, say for example, Rocky, and Rocky too, to a certain extent. Mm. Um, like you know, stuff there's, there's, and Balboa. Yeah. Uh, as well, there's there's some you know there's some fucking cheesy dialogue in there, but I think overall this the script is quite well constructed. There's mm-hmm. you know there's a good grounded plot and Just. it flows. You yeah, know? Uh, this film doesn't have that.
0: Yeah, it, I think. think I think it's interesting that it comes between Rocky three and four because yeah Rocky three um, Rocky one and two are kind of quite. Uh, there were may be a bit more serious kind of quality kind of New Hollywood style films, mm-hmm. and then Rocky Three you've just kind of got to that point where the eighties is starting to creep in, and you've got a nice balance of like the seri- the kind of the high quality the high qualityness that's a fucking word <laughs> the, the 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 um the quality levels of one and two not that I'm saying that the what, four the is a bad quality? film. no I just I just mean in terms of um. Uh, what's the word? Why would the word? I'm not saying that Rocky One and Two are highbrow films. no but, but yeah, the, I, you know what I mean. I think like the three, thing with Rocky One the, and Two uh, it when it's three's the 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 kind of the the mix between four and two, mm-hmm. and then four kind of just tips right into eightiesville. Uh, where it's like all insane music and montages all over the place. And and it's yeah. it's all about big flexing guns. Exactly. And
1: instead of big flexing guns, we've got wee flexing guns <laughs> and massive dance moves. The uh, dance moves uh, are hilariously like, camp as well. Like Travolta, like, one minute, is just having a wee blather, And then they're like, five, six, seven, eight. And
0: he's just straight into it. Just why? utter drama. <laughs> Oh, man, some of the poses that he pulls as well. Like, there was, yeah, it's the way that he moves. <laughs> that's right, it's the way that he that he starts the dance. you will be, he, be standing about all loose and everything, and then suddenly he'll go sort of like, panther. Right, he'll prowl. <laughs> yeah. and there's even a shot where he prowls at the
1: camera. There's this Aye. horrible handheld shot when he's following you. And he's just like, oh, oh God, I've got a horrendously guilty boner. <laughs> Aye, he's a... Uh, he's, he's, uh, Oh, he's a horrible man. No. <laughs> just so, oh, just so oily. I know, <laughs> he's just I know. constantly oiled in that film too. when he's in the shower, water's just <laughs> running off him like a duck's arse. <laughs> Travolta is a walking duck's arse. I am. Um, the uh, the whole like similarity to Rocky thing is uh, quite important with this film because I. I I could tell it's a stolen film. Yeah, just the subject matter, I think, is a huge departure for him. You know, to go for something as macho and pouty as fucking mm. as as boxing, you know, and and working out and weightlifting mm-hmm. and uh, like, achieving goals by pushing your physical boundaries to a film about dance. Yeah, you know, it's it's like that. That's Al- not very masculine.
0: <laughs> Although at that point, is was was dancing not starting to come through as more of a a way to get chicks <laughs> <laughs> well maybe actually yeah absolutely because I think that's
1: what they hinged a lot of it on yeah you know because the whole film's about and I remember Saturday Night Fever being uh, primarily well if not primarily then a huge part of the film was Tony trying to get his Dave Grohl yeah, yeah that's, that's what he was doing the uh, whole time right. you know um, I specifically remember him asking for a blowjob at one point <laughs> and being that young where I'm like whoo he has <laughs> been oh, yes, a blowjob I nearly know what
0: that is <laughs> uh, Yeah Christ No I mean Did you say it was out The same year as Flashdance as well
1: Yeah uh, 83 Yeah they were both out And uh, that bomb No that didn't bomb that, that succeeded That's probably the most Commercially successful film That we've discussed tonight In right. fact it definitely is Because the trouble with Harry Flopped here No in America um, and uh, The Wiz flopped all over the shop, yeah.
0: staying alive. Did really, really did well. Did really, really well. But it's kind of generally, apparently it's one of a lot of Razzies.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the most favoured bad films. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for, yeah.
0: for being that. I think if I'd sat and watched it on my own, it would have been harder. Yeah, yeah. But I think the fact that we watched it together is a much I, better. If you're going to watch it, watch, watch it with a mate, yeah. or
1: have some drinks or something. <laughs> Like, it, it, it's, it's
0: good fun, it's but we were absolutely good because we, we when we put on the film, the opening titles are amazing as oh, well. Oh yeah, big neon lights. But um, Kurtwood Smith plays like a director, a choreographer, a aye, choreographer at the start like a, aye, just but no dialogue, no dialogue, and then and then um, he's only in the opening credits and he disappears. And We thought he was going to be like some kind of antagonistic character through the film because you know it's Kurtwood Smith. I know. <laughs> but he disappeared, but I guess this is like, this is pre-RoboCop, and yeah, aye, so this is
1: still like five years
0: bald, before almost. Robo-Cop.
1: yeah, aye, um, so, um, like, I, I was glad to hear that Staying Alive uh, was a commercial success, because I've got a lot of time for Stallone, now. Yeah. like, he's he's such a likeable guy, not just because of his history, like, he's got really, like, his, his whole uh, indoctrination into Hollywood is a it's a struggle story in itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. ladi'es, like because he he was for a period of time he moved to New York to get uh, work as an actor. Yeah. Um, he was homeless for a large period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, at one point, he he had this script. Um, as well, the Rocky script that you've seen mm. after watching Muhammad Ali fight.
0: Yeah. Oh, and he, had a, he had a stroke at a young age as well.
1: Yeah, well, no, 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 he was born paralysed at the lower left hand side of his face. Did you know? It was, I thought he had a stroke. No, I, well, I, he might have had, but I know that he was born paralysed at the lower left hand side of his face. Oh, right. Okay. So, like, um, that was going on, um, and he, like, he had this little dog that mm. he, he had to um, sell. Um, because he was, as I say, he was sleeping in bus shelters at the time and stuff right. like that. So he had to sell his companion and, like, in order to eat and stuff like that. Uh, after doing that, he uh, got offered like a poultry sum for the script. He said mm-hmm. no. Again, he got offered a massive sum, but only at the expense that he, he, he couldn't act in it. That was the the, the rule. Right. But he came to America to be an act- he came to New York to be an actor. So um, he said no until they let him act in the lead role. And when yeah. he got all the money for the script, he went back, bought the dog that he sold. And that's the dog that you see in Rocky that I he takes no up I to the top know of the stairs. Of this. Yeah,
0: man. Well, I mean, he's a man that knows. I think he knows his trade, and he's certainly. Um, and it, it's you kind of do lump him in with the. He's one of those people that you're surprised to find as a director. Yeah, because yeah. he's just the muscle, with, isn't he? Yeah, you lump him in with the muscly action heroes, and uh, but like, I think First Blood and Rocky One are genuinely like genuinely good films yep. not not ironically but genuinely mm-hmm. brilliant pieces of film mm-hmm. and, uh, and
1: not yeah. not uh, not for like you know uh, retro appreciation no. as you would you know obviously like Rocky 3 onwards and that because yeah. I mean the, the thing I love about Rocky 4 is it's fucking blatant machoism and, and pomposity, yeah. yeah. but it's great fucking yeah. it's a Big, veiny, bicep I film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, Rocky and... No, I totally... I mean, I, I, I saw the Rocky films all out of order because I think when I was a kid, I saw... Probably saw Rocky Five when it came out. was the first one I saw. <laughs> um, and then kind of worked it back. It's the so only but
1: one I still haven't seen. I don't think
0: I want to see it. Oh, it's pretty horrible. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I remember being surprised at Rocky 1 because it's... Uh, a really good film.
1: I remember being surprised about uh, hearing him uh, hearing that he won a an Oscar for a screenplay as well. Because again, you just think he's nothing but muscle. Uh, yeah. I mean, which you know, I think he's had a not a couple of lucky streaks. Because the script for Rocky is, is really good, and the script for Rocky Balboa as well. Yeah. Is it's a well drawn together script, and uh, there's some great acting in there. And like there's Copland as well. Yeah. In terms of a performance from any actor. The performance that he he put, pulls in uh, Copland is is brilliant. It's he's he's superb. He's Aye. superb in that film. Such an affable guy yeah. and such an affable character. And uh and here that he he succeeded with this this mess of film, <laughs> you're just kinda like, Yeah, it's gone yourself, big guy <laughs> I'm glad you did. You know, he's like the antithesis to Michael Bay <laughs> You know. He is just
0: muscle no brain, you yeah. know. yeah totally so I mean um, I wish I could remember who somebody on Twitter made me aware of this film and I have to say it was like an absolute belter for the the, the subject yeah. that we chose So,
1: I thank. in fact this, we should take this moment to thank uh, everybody for the feedback for uh, the
0: first aye we had a lot of because we kind of expected to put it out there maybe for like 12 people to listen to or something but yeah. we had quite a lot of uh, good feedback in that one which was quite we were both very humbled, by. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <Aye>. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks for that. Aye,
1: <laughs> aye so um, if, uh, if you have any more questions for us or mm-hmm. any suggestions, anything like that, just let us know. I'm uh, Lurpak Shakur. Lurpak
0: um, like the butter, Shakur like the... Rapper. rapper.
1: Like the deed rapper. <laughs> aye.
0: And uh, I'm at Laslo, L-E-S-L-O, rather than the... Laslo... Panaflex. Is there a wee underscore between them? There's a Lazo underscore Panaflex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and you can find us on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can ask us questions. We're on Tumblr as well. <laughs> obviously, you've, Tumblr, you've they, got they, you have either about this for Tumblr or you iTunes.
1: Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be posting some. I'll be blogging. <laughs> I think I'll be blogging. I've been thinking about blogging. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, I'm going to blog. It's all going to be about John Carpenter. <laughs>
0: Absolutely fucking everything. It's so amazing we've managed to avoid talking about John Carpenter. Aye, nah, so far really?
1: I've got an idea for an absolute huge episode. We're just got to talk about the thing for five <laughs> hours. Let's see how many fucking listeners we get then. Eh? <laughs> oh man. No, but um, to uh, to summarize for the show. To summarize, aye. Um what do you? Uh, what film surprised you most as uh, a successful departure from uh, the usual canon? The director's usual
0: canon? The, uh, I guess in terms of style, staying alive didn't surprise me that much because it had that 80s kind of, mm-hmm. apart from the Peacock fact... Peacock. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Um, probably The Whiz. I would say The Wiz is the biggest, the most... Unusual departure, especially you've got a double whammy there. You've got Joel Schumacher and Sydney mm-hmm. Um but the one I enjoyed the most would be *The Trouble with Harry*. Yeah,
1: you think that the, the uh, Hitchcock then
0: is that, that was the most successful yeah. in
1: like you know deviating from his. Yeah, that was
0: the most self-aware one. I think. Well, it absolutely was the most self-aware. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. a very. It was a concerted effort to um, be anti-Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, what about
1: oh, you? Yeah, I Well, aye. Hitchcock, and mainly because um, at one point uh, I can't remember who's saying it, but two of the characters are having a discussion, and someone says "Who done it?" and then is corrected by another character who said "Who did it?" Who did, so oh, like yeah. that sends up the entire genre that he's kind of a huge. Uh, he's at the he's forefront a, of, you know. He's he's the who, he's yeah. one of the, the the granddaddies of the "Who Done It" film, yeah. you know. And you know to to correct one of the. Uh, one of the key characters, uh, in that phrase, then like you know, that's that's a good kind of way to parody one yeah. of your own creations. Yeah. So that because it was really self-aware, and it yeah. was it was just generally it was a really it was a brilliant film. It was a brilliant film, and and it was one of those films that one of my favourite kind of films is that you can
0: appreciate it more retrospectively. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I mean, for it to be a film that self-aware and that playing on expectations that much, because I think. Hitchcock is one of the very kind of first directors where the director is more important than who was yeah, yeah, in mm. the film itself I actually was quoted as saying something about uh, the name attached to it has to
1: be a sign of quality or something yeah. that's obviously not worth it mean,
0: also I mean at that time it was just it was all you know you'd be going to see the new Cary Grant movie or you'd be going to see the new um, fuck's sake Jimmy Stewart Jimmy or Stewart or movie Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's very much you'd be going to see the new Hitchcock movie Yeah, and that's He's one of the few directors at that time who could do something that would play on his own style, mm-hmm. because the audience would be more aware of his it's style. It's
1: like one of the few directors whose uh, name is as famous as the actors that are in the yeah, films that he's exactly. making. You know, not many, not many directors like that. You know, yeah. But yeah. And it's
0: also just, it also, it, it's just kind of interesting to see him doing what he wants to do at that time as well, mm-hmm. because even now, like, there's not many directors out there that can go out and just do whatever the hell they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, aye. Uh, um, so what do you
1: think failed the most? Um, at uh, which director do you think failed the most? At it being Idiot? different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
0: would say Stallone. What it be? Uh, it being making it a different. Making a different.
1: Oh right, and yeah. that he just made pretty much the same movie, but we dance as opposed to boxing. Yeah. Right, yeah.
0: right. Out of the out of the three we chose, I don't want to knock the knock to It's not as if he set out to do something that was quite different, but I'd say mm-hmm. uh, the ones that are, um, the one that is closest to being uh, th- of the director style would be Staying Alive. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that failed the most at trying
1: to, uh, the director that failed the most at trying to make a different kind of oh, movie was different was Lumi with The Wiz, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's an awkward one because you don't want to say, don't go and, do, you do I say don't watch it even though we've pretty much described the entire <laughs> film because it is an in, they're all interesting watches The Wiz and Staying Alive are interesting watches yeah. but they're like you know there are better films out there that I would sooner recommend yeah yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. but they, they're <laughs> interesting
0: yeah no I mean that The, the Wiz, um it just I think the problem with The Wiz is that there's a good film in there it's just mm-hmm. dropped the ball slightly missed the mark Aye. and other Fucking cliches about not quite succeeding. Aye, they've missed the bus. <laughs> missed the bus. Aye, <laughs> they've shut the bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> aye. So um, yeah, that's sure. uh, that's
0: um. So that about wraps it up for our uh, our our wee uh, our wee podcast episode. But um, aye. So like I said, uh, Lorpak Shakur, Laszlo Panflex on Twitter. If you want to suggest a theme to us, that's always welcome. So we're probably going to do more of these at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I uh, really hope you enjoyed. And uh, we'll hopefully see you. See you. See you. I know, guys. Hold on, don't hold on. See I, don't. I see some of you. Christ.
1: Oh dear. Did you? Did you heal that? <laughs> uh,
0: <yeah>. Good.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: oh. And uh, we'll just. <laughs> God. Before I choke and Danny's fart. Um, aye and go to thefilms f-i-l-l-u-m-s which I'm sure you know by now dot dot com that's the one and thanks again for listening uh, we hope
1: we can get you back soon get us on Twitter take it easy wanker dash agar bye bye <laughs>